What's up, guys? Welcome back to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. My name's John, and this is r slash Tales from Tech Support. So, missed a couple episodes there, didn't I? Um, I guess I guess I did do one, so maybe I only missed one here, but I definitely missed a few on the other channel, which we'll get to that too sometime today. The reason I missed yesterday's episode is because uh, we had a little bit of a sewage problem at our house, so yeah. Had one whole evening and yesterday almost all day where we couldn't use water in our house. The water functioned fine. The drainage, however, was non-existent. Had a plumber out here, charged me 200 bucks to tell me that he couldn't help me, which uh, wasn't happy about that, but whatever. Had the city out here who told me that they couldn't help me because I had the wrong type of clean out for them to be able to run their auger out to the street. And... Uh, when I told them, I'm going to put a new clean out in. Once I do that, can I call you back? Nope. Now it's on you. Great. So, starting yesterday morning, me and the boys went ahead and dug a big hole in the front yard. I smashed the pipe, cut off the clean ends, added new pipe. Now we have a dual clean out, one facing the house and one facing the street. And uh, my neighbor who used to be a plumber, has his own auger, an electric version, not the big gas-powered ones that you see the cities and municipalities using, but uh, it had enough cable and everything that I could uh, run it through the pipe myself. I cleared all the way to the street, got some root balls out, and uh, we are good to go. Of course, now it's hard for Uncle Reddit to lift his arms because of his sore shoulders, and uh, I got a blister. Oh, well. Let's read some stories. I don't have time for this. Retro. Hi, thanks for calling the help desk. How can I assist you? User. I need my password reset now. I called already and they said they couldn't help me and I just don't understand you people. Okay, no problem. Can I just verify you on our system? Then we can go ahead and reset your password. User. Ugh, I don't have time for this. I understand. Password resets are fairly simple. Shouldn't take too long. I get the user verified. Okay, sir. Are you on a computer by chance? User. No, I already told the other guy that. Okay. Do you own a smartphone? User. I do. Okay. Can you please type in this web address in your phone's internet browser and see what it tells me? User. It says cannot connect to page. You know my cell service here is bad. I don't have time for this. That's the second time. Realizing now why a previous help desk analyst couldn't help user. Okay, unfortunately, without access to this website, we won't be able to reset your password. Give us a call back when you're able to use a computer or your phone has service again. User. What? I don't have time for this. That's the third time. I just don't understand what the issue is. Why can't you just reset my password? I explained the whole process thoroughly. User huffs and hangs up. Edit. For context, they were attempting to access the company website, which is the only password handling I do. Well, let's put it this way. If you've got to get to that company website in order to do your work or whatever, um, you've got time. If it's that important, you've got time. Also, if you know you have to be able to access that website one way or the other, whether it's a computer or a smartphone, anything, make the time, get the signal right, then you can get the help that you need. I, you know, I just don't understand how people think it can magically happen. I mean, even if there's a recall on my car, this may be a bad example, but I'm going to give it anyway. Even if there's a recall on my car, it's the manufacturer's fault that there's a problem. I still have to take it to the dealership. Dealership's not going to come here and fix my car. 
They're not going to come here and pick up my car, take it back, fix it, and bring it back. I have to get the car to the dealership. Now, I may be able to get refunded for towing or something if that's necessary, but most recalls, you can drive it up there. You've been driving it anyway. Drive it up to the dealership. Let them fix the recall. You know, I don't have time for this. Well, then deal with a crappy product or crappy service or whatever. Yeah. How to break all the builds. I was working as a build engineer for a large company. My team supported hundreds of dev teams. Each team is, of course, on a deadline to get their project compiled, packaged, and deployed to their testing environment. This is a system that took a team of 10 engineers months to put together. The actors are the team lead, we will call him Clown, new guy, grumpy engineer, and other engineer. So we get a request to make a large change that will affect all projects. So Clown announces the new project in stand-up to impress the new guy. He gives some BS about how it'll work and so on. Then we finish the stand-up and get to work. Clown swings by my cube to let me know I'll be doing the updates. Clown. You need to roll this change out. Not enough to let the team know he's showing off to the new guy. Me. Sure, but that'll take a couple weeks to implement on all projects. We can focus on the high-priority projects first. Clown. This should take a few hours, tops. Me. Well, the changes aren't hard, but we have to test each build. If the project breaks, we'll have to roll it back on that build plan. Not to mention the deployments to the test environment will be delayed. Grumpy and other engineer lean out and look worried over at me. Clown. B.S. I can have it done in an afternoon. Then he storms off to his foolish meetings and I go back to working the tickets that I have. The next morning, Clown starts off the meeting with a smile like the cat that ate the canary. We each go over what we're working on and what we did. Then, at the end, he says his bit. Clown. Oh, and I did the ticket you said would take weeks last afternoon. It took me an hour. New guy. Impressive. Me. Grumpy and other engineer. Shock dawning on us. Me. What? Did you test them all? Clown. No, it worked on the one I did, so I rolled it out to all the projects. <laughs> Me. Why did you do that? I said they have to be tested. Other engineer. Oh, crap. Grumpy engineer. Clown is pissed because I called him out on making untested changes to the build system, resulting in the second largest breaking change in the company's tech history. We leave stand up and sit down. Our queue of tickets, usually three to four, is full of hundreds of tickets. Grumpy engineer. All the deployments are effed. Release day is tomorrow. No code is going out. Me. We're screwed. This will take weeks to clean up. All because you wouldn't wait and listen. I yell loud enough to let Clown know he screwed us. Clown is silent as reality dawns on him. The new guy is in panic mode. His boss just screwed up big enough that the dev department head is sitting in Clown's cube asking him, what the F? He won't leave until his builds are fixed. Other engineer leans over and explains what Clown did, what I suggested, and how long it will take to fix. Next morning, Clown is terse in the stand-up. I sit down and get to work cleaning up his mess. We release the code and move on. Until I get a call, the wrong code is on production. Me. How? Why? The buggy build software has an audit log and there it is clear as day. Clown changed the build and the wrong branch is being checked out and deployed. He has hosed the entire setup, trying to cover up his trail. Our team spent months finding and fixing all the crap he broke from just this incident. That, folks, is how you break all the builds at an enterprise level. Well... At least he was efficient about it. <laughs> if you're going to kill everything, just do it all at once. Why not? I don't know much about builds at all and engineering and things like that, but 
I, I know basic production and, uh, yeah, that's not how you do any of this. Whether it's software, hardware, building a house, I don't care. If you don't follow the processes, it's going to come back around and bite you. Mm. Mm -mm. Excel is definitely a database. Oh, here we go again. Over the summers, after my senior year of high school and freshman year of college, I worked for a utility company. I was an intern with their network support team. This was not an IP network team like you might be thinking, but rather a POTS network team. We were supporting analog phone lines going between various sites, office buildings, power plants, etc. So picture a bunch of guys who have been dealing with the same kind of equipment for roughly 25 years each. Very knowledgeable about what they knew, but not so much on newer stuff. They had a bunch of techs going out to all these sites, making updates to wiring or equipment, and coming back to our dispatch center. Now, having all these techs doing jobs like this, you'd imagine there should be some kind of logging mechanism for all the jobs being done, so that when something went wrong at Site A, you could look at everything that's been done there in the past six months, and look at where all the cables are connected to. You'd be right. In our case, the single source of truth for this information was an Excel workbook on a networked storage drive that all the techs had access to. No! God, please, no! 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 Mind you, this was not a well-structured workbook with sheets per location and tables of jobs done. This was essentially a freeform document with a single sheet. Thousands of rows and structure per site or no structure at all in some cases. It was essentially a Word document that just so happened to be addressable with row and column numbers in some cases. Now, even if this were a well-structured document. Using an Excel doc on a NAS is a really bad collaboration tool. At the time, I'm not sure if this is true today, Excel used lock files to ensure that only one person could update a workbook at a time. This meant that when you opened the workbook while someone else had it open on their own machine, you'd get a prompt that told you you had to open it in read-only mode or you could save a separate copy. Many times, text chose to save a separate copy, meaning that there would often be many copies of this file that would later need to be merged. Since this document had essentially no structure, it was impossible to programmatically diff, differentiate maybe, two versions of it. So all merging needed to be done by hand. I tried to convince management that we needed some kind of job management or log software instead of this terrible system, but they were unmoved. I was told the existing system was good enough and to just deal with it. Besides, I was just an intern fresh out of high school. They'd been doing this for years. Also, the file name was something along the lines of Bob List, and Bob was a guy who stopped working there like five years before I got there. Okay, so I've used Excel files before for things not too dissimilar to that, but on a way smaller scale. You know, it's fine for some in-house stuff, but yeah, on this type of scale, that's definitely not the right tool. Also, I think people being able to make just whatever changes they want and save as a separate copy is just a bad idea. You go to merge it later and everything compiles at once and you have no idea what went wrong where when everything just kind of crashes. So yeah, at the very least, it should have had some better structure to it, some separation pages and things like that. I don't know. Or just one person doing all the data entry from the reports filed by the techs and engineers and whoever. But, uh, yeah, I just don't see that going well in any way, shape, or form. Nan doesn't understand anything about how text works. So my Nan isn't what you would call old. I mean, she is 80, but she's very capable. She and Granddad go to dance class every Tuesday. 
keep fit class on Thursdays and cook full meals for both of them. Drives, even though I don't think she should anymore, and does pretty much everything all by herself. You give her anything involving tech and, well, she acts like a child learning to tie shoes. She once asked me to set up their Alexa for them as it was too difficult to do, and it had taken them three days and still not done it. I followed the step-by-step guide in the manual and had it working in about five minutes or so. Their TV went really slow once and I could tell that it was way too hot as well. So I said I knew how to fix it. Turned it off and on again. But it was so slow it wouldn't turn off with the remote. So I said, gonna have to yank the power cord out of it to turn it off. Otherwise it'll never work. So I yanked the power cable out of the back of it and counted to 10. All the while my nan was screaming at me to turn the plug socket off as well. Otherwise it won't turn off. Despite me telling her I removed the power cable from the back of the TV. Three times I had to tell her and she still didn't get it. First time my grandparents came to my new apartment, she pointed at my gaming PC and asked what it was. I said, that's my computer, Nan. The one I was building by myself. She pointed at it again and said, yeah, but what's this bit? Gesturing to all of it. So I told her the same thing again. Then she pointed at the massive graphics card and asked what that was. So I told her, that's a graphics card. It's what makes everything appear on the screen, basically. A better graphics card means things on the screen look better and faster. Wasn't going to tell her the ins and outs of GPUs, so I dumbed it down a lot. But it's also big. My laptop is small. Yeah, you... You have a desktop at home in the office as well, man. Exact same size. God forbid Granddad get his mobile out and do literally anything with it. She moans at him whenever he so much as looks at it, and asks what he's doing now all the time. It drives me mental. God only knows what Granddad thinks. I sort of feel this one a little bit. Not from a tech standpoint, but... I remember when my dad first started getting into laptops for, he had to for work. He didn't do one on his own and, uh, he grumbled about it a little bit, but then he got onto it and he still didn't know what to do with them. Like he couldn't set up certain software and things like that. He basically did email, web surfing, uh, posting pictures for the job sites that he was running and things like that. And that was all good. But then he spent a lot of time browsing the internet. Never did get a smartphone. He, always, he stayed with that flip phone. In fact, I've got one around here somewhere, the exact same model that he had. And uh, it was sort of this extra industrial strength version that you could drop from pretty much any level on our job sites and it would be fine. Uh, I, I did like that aspect. In that way, it was sort of like the old Nokia's, bullet, almost bulletproof. But then when my mom started getting into uh, to tech, so, you know, tablet, laptop, smartphone and she was always on it and always giving him the gossip from Facebook and things like that. And he'd just roll his eyes, you know, he was sort of the nan of the group. Uh, neither one of them really understood tech, but, uh, she embraced it a little more than he did. As far as what granddad was thinking, uh, I don't know, but when I start getting harped on for looking at my phone too much and things like that, that's fine. But don't sit there and tell me I'm looking at my phone too much. And when I look up and try to give you my undivided attention, you're staring at your phone. Not that that's happened around here. Apparently, reading is a rare skill. I just had this wonderful email chain at work. Apparently, for some people, reading is a skill they do not possess. System generated email. Error generating waybill for order 12345678 UPS integration problem. Warehouse manager. Yeah, we received info from UPS that their system is down. We'll have to wait. Customer service rep. Hi, what's the issue with this order? Why can't we process it? Warehouse manager. I just told everybody in my last email. 
Customer Service Department Manager, forwarding email to IT. Hey guys, take a look at this error message. <laughs> Warehouse Manager replying. Insert screenshot of his first email without comment. IT Guy. I tried generating the waybill again, but it fails. Have you tried logging into UPS manually? Warehouse Manager. I told y'all UPS system is down. <laughs> oh my god. Do I know what that's like? There have been times I've given verbal instructions over voicemail, verbal instructions in person, written instructions in person, written instructions in email and texts, and even way back when we used the thermal printed fax machines, um, and people still act like they had no idea what was going on. Even if they read everything and heard everything that I said, they still pretended like it just never happened. I just, just, I don't understand. The cost of free work. It's a tale as old as time. I get a call from an almost friend. More of a friend of a friend. Windows computer borked. No backups for life-transforming opus. Deadline looming. Would I pretty please drop everything and come on over right now? I've done emergency fixes in the past for friends. I'm in a good mood and a sucker for a sob story, so I head on over to their home. They point me to the poor machine and ask me if I want a coffee. I say yes, and they return 20 minutes later with a venti and a cookie from a nearby coffee shop. Sweet. I fix the problem. Just the usual crust buildup plus neglect. Find the missing masterwork in a folder that had been accidentally cut and pasted into oblivion. Windows is way too trigger happy. I've misplaced folders by a misswipe on the touchpad. It's done. He's happy. Some sort of gift or symbolic bottle of wine and thanks would be nice. Or offer to pay the travel costs, but not expected. Or offered. Instead, he asks if I want to contribute to the earlier coffee run. <laughs> $10 or more or less cover the both of us. I think my double take was visible from space. Do I want to pay for the refreshments while saving someone's life's work for free? I politely decline. He's disappointed. Said he'd heard I was supposed to be a generous person. <laughs> no good deed. Yep. Yes, truly, no good deed goes unpunished. I don't know that I've ever had anybody be quite that ballsy. I come over to fix their issue. They ask me if I want a drink, even if they don't run out for it, whatever, and then ask you to pay for it. And there's on top of it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I would have disabled their machine at that point. I try not to be too vengeful and vindictive, but uh, yeah, the pressure may have been too much at that point. Either my head explodes or I destroy the box. I don't know. Everybody's got their little get-even fantasies. Uh, is that one too far? You've been listening to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. If you enjoy this content, be sure to follow my podcast. I upload new episodes at least three times a week.